right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. My name is DJ Pihowski, in for our fearless leader, Solly, who is on a much-needed, uh, much-deserved vacation. Just going to be a little two-man weave, a little fast break today with uh, with my guy in the kill house. If you are adding him to a defamation lawsuit, he goes by Todd Schuster. Most of you probably know him as Tron Carter. Tron, greetings, salutations. How are you? I'm great, Deej. It's actually Stephen Todd Schuster II for... <laughs> Messieurs, Clayman, et cetera. Things yeah. of that nature. Things popping off in the Jacksonville courts. Uh, I know you're monitoring that situation. We're going to get to it. But first, we're going to talk about our friends at Callaway. TC, you've been on this block well before they were released. The Callaway Apex Blacks absolutely murdered out all black everything Apexes. What, what do you got to say about these clubs? Yeah, they're clean. It's like it's a whole set of katanas, basically. TBD, I don't know if they're doing the black shafts or not. I assume they are as well, but they're just so freaking clean. It's the same Apexes that you've come to know and love. I believe you you play the Apexes. You know, I play the combo set, and I'm thinking about in this these blacks might be the reason to do it. I'm thinking about going full apexes because I'm just not very good anymore, and and the combo set's kind of starting to laugh at me a little bit. You know, the scoring clubs, I'm not doing much scoring with them. I think I might need the apexes all the way through the bag. I kind of think I might need the apex blacks. I'm not a big like purely a, buying something purely aesthetics kind of guy, but these might push me over the uh, over the edge because they're they're pretty freaking cool looking. I was talking to Johnny Wonder. Uh, the other night, and you know, he had posted something just about he had talked me into the TCB combo set with the Rogue ST Pros, and then he and then he he uh, posts something where, where it's just the TCBs, and I'm like, yo, what happened? I like you bailed on me on this, and he's like, oh, dude, like I'm not hitting it well at all. I needed more forgiveness. I went to the to the Rogue ST Pros all the way through the bag. Said it's helped him out like crazy. Tightened up his dispersion pattern. So. DJ, I think you should do it. I, I'm, I'm looking right now too. They they are doing them in the black shafts. Well, you know what? What a good indicator of of how there's something something for everyone. If you are looking uh, for something in the Apex family, Callaway just came out with the new Apex Blacks, all black, very very clean. You heard it here first from uh, Mr. TC, our certified master fitter, and you can find out more information about those at CallawayGolf.com/slash/Apex. Tron, I want to get into the Sanderson, but the first note on our agenda is a walleye scandal. I don't know if this is a tease for the trap draw. I don't know if this is something you want to talk about right now, uh, but I'll turn that to you. It is. Yeah, a couple of things I wanted to address first and foremost before we get to the golf. Uh, a lot of people coming at me for the audio quality on the trap draw this week. We were on with uh, the, the Sarge, Cody McBride. Uh, I, I do want to apologize. I was doing some hurricane prep, wearing a, uh, a windbreaker. <laughs> people said it, it sounded like I was running down the street wearing plastic clothing while making lasagna at the same time. This is a vivid image, but it, it looked like kind of one of the plasticky windbreakers, almost like the FBI windbreaker <laughs> was how it sounded to me in my ears, in my headset. It's like the uh, uh, the Ted Kaczynski. Yeah, know, yes, very uh, much so. style. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that. And then um, I was wearing my, my AirPods and it just, man, like there was some vitriolic feedback from people. Of, <laughs> we've, we've got a new podcast recording set up online and it, I guess it's just hot. It picks up everything, which I would have thought the opposite. But anyway, the other thing people are reaching out to us about is this, this whole fishing scandal. That's just absolutely rocking. 
I think the fishing world at large, uh, mm. big, big fishing tournament up in Cleveland, walleye tournament. And it turns out that these guys, somebody filleted the fish on, on the spot. Cause they, they, they thought that these four or five walleye were way too heavy, you know, versus like what they should have been. And turns out these guys were stuffing these fish full of weighted, uh, oh, weighted not bread. good. So yeah, just, just know, just like we've been all over the, uh, fishing, uh, or the uh, uh, chess scandal, we will be all over this as well. I was going to say, if people have no idea what we're talking about, there's a bit of a house ad for uh, for the trap draw. Tron and Randy on a weekly basis are monitoring things like this fishing scandal, the cheating scandal that was going on, uh, shit popping off in Azerbaijan. I just I texted you guys uh, one about Lil Nas X having to pause a concert so he could take a dump. Uh, it's just worlds, you know, things from all around the world, all around the internet. These guys are keeping their finger on the pulse. So. Uh, yeah, kind of an unexpected trap draw ad read there. And you know what? A good a good segue in. We've talked about Frank Melton, Jackson, Mississippi. We've talked to Will Bardwell before. We've talked to Lee Sanderlin, Jackson, Mississippi, site of the Sanderson Farms and, and also the subject of a trap draw deep dive in the past. Well. That's exactly right. Trap draw listeners were well aware of all the context they needed to go into today's final round of the Sanderson. You know what I was going to say, Tron? Rory McElroy today caps off a 66 66 weekend without a title we should have known who was going to be standing on the podium at the sanderson of course it's mackenzie hughes his second pga tour win uh this time over sep straka sep straka another playoff loss uh what what kind of you know we're kind of texting all day i think you know let me let me actually start with a confession here i actually really enjoyed the sanderson up until up until, enjoy a, up until a point i you know i i think it's a weird spot. It's a weird uh, kind of addition to the ecosystem of pro golf. Do I necessarily think it's great uh, from a like competition standpoint? Do I think it's great from a showcasing the PJ Tour product standpoint? Not necessarily. But no, man, what, yeah. was it fun to watch like a bunch of guys dry heaving and kind of like thrown up on themselves a little bit trying to get a pj tour victory across the line it absolutely was so wh where do you where do you stand on the sanderson i guess before we kind of get into mackenzie hughes and things of that nature yeah it's kind of the the weird uh you know the weird fall stuff right it's uh it's bermuda you get all sorts of funky shit going on with like all the bermuda lies as we saw with emiliano grillo you know, it, it, like there's not a whole lot of people out there, but I know there's a bunch of people in the hospitality around there. Like under, like kind of underreported is like this, this tournament's been around since 1968 too. I mean, it's been around for like 44, 45 years. And, it, and it's one of those that's just survived 900 title sponsor changes. And I can't imagine all the logistical things that are just changing over, you know, every three years, five years. And it just kind of, it just keeps, keeps on keeping on. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know what it was about, about today specifically. I think part of it was, you know, and obviously people will be nodding vociferously in agreement here, but uh, I watched a lot of it on DVR. And so just being able to fast forward through the commercials was kind of one of those things that that really made my afternoon a hell of a lot better because I was realizing, and this is, you know, again, this is not breaking any news, but 
the the way I get so disconnected from pro golf is obviously because of the commercials. And it's not only because of the commercials, it's because every time it goes to commercial is when I pull out my phone. And then I start, you know, scrolling on Twitter or going down rabbit holes or, and, and it takes forever to like actually get back into it. And by the time you get back into it, there's another commercial. And it's just like this, that's how three hours just disappear. And you, you have no idea what you just watched. Whereas when you're watching on DVR, there's so many commercials and there's so much dead time that you got to constantly be fast forwarding that you're actually pretty engaged in, uh, in watching the golf shot. So that was a B I think what, for whatever reason, I was able to just kind of get in the headspace today of like, Hey, you know what? We don't need to think about live. We don't need to think about what it all means. We don't need to think about like, you know, what, what does this tournament stand for? Like, let's just watch these guys. Like a lot of these guys clearly don't have it. Okay, and I, that's not meant to be a shot at at Mark Hubbard, but like today was not his day, right? It, that was it was so, and it was so clear from the first moment the broadcast came on, and it was like, okay, let's get you out to I forget what hole five or six. Here's uh here's Mark Hubbard, uh, his third shot from two forty five. I'm like, oh fuck yeah, man, hell yeah, here we go. And, yeah, and just watching watching him try to steer the ship. I mean, he's dropping clubs is. It, it it was an absolute grind for him. Sepp Straka kind of playing the card of, you know, they mentioned on the broadcast, but a lot of what Max was talking about last week at or two weeks ago at the uh, Napa event, kind of just just hang around, let everybody else throw up all over the place and, and we'll shake it out where, you know, it'll shake out where it's supposed to. And then Mackenzie Hughes, kind of the only guy that looked like he was the guy, you know, at least as far as the ball striking goes and and making some clutch putts and, yeah, it just uh, I kind of settled into the couch and had a had a nice little Sunday afternoon watching uh, watching the Sanderson. What 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 stuck out to you as kind of like a, a you know biggest positives, biggest negatives? Yeah, it always feels like watching a kind of an old school tournament, right? Like something you'd see from twenty five years ago on the PGA Tour, both good and bad. There's no there's no shot tracer. There's there's not you know there's not a lot of people out there. But also, I always enjoy watching this tournament in particular. I like the golf course. Uh, like you got to hit golf shots. It's not just a putting contest. Kind of this stretch of tournaments. Like I don't really like the Shriners next week, but I like the competition of it because it's these guys coming off of Corn Ferry, or who barely kept their card last year. Like I, I think especially some of those guys that were maybe rookies last year that are now second year guys, trying to get off to a good start, right? Trying to trying to right the ship after, you know, really grinding their balls off like during Corn Ferry Finals or during the summer stretch on the tour. And this is kind of the crescendo of all that. And then they shut it down, you know, after Bermuda or RSM or whatever. So, you know, like a guy like Nick Hardy, right? Like I got to watch a lot of Nick Hardy this week or like Gary Kigo. Like I didn't, I didn't watch a whole lot of the Congaree event last year. Uh, or was that two years ago that he won? Um, right. So yeah, just like getting to see him a little bit more. There's just all sorts of weird shit too. Like you've got, you've got Hubbard using that super short putter, <laughs> You've got. Uh, Did his putting stroke look horrible, or was oh, it, it just? It always was it just terrible. like the short putter. It's not just the putting stroke. It's it it the looked entire... very much like he was. It, it, I felt very attacked. It felt like he was like really swinging that toe on the. On oh, it's the like a massive putter. toe on the yeah. putter too. Like yeah. it's like one of those um, Odyssey. I don't know. Just like that. That shape of putter. Just it's like you either have to be a really, really, really pure putter to use that, or just don't. But then you've got like Dean, Dean Burmester with like the super fat grip on his putter you got Grillo making an absolute mess like hitting hitting exceptional golf shots like Grillo should have won this tournament by five shots yeah you know keegan like it's, it's just such a weird mix of veterans rookies second year guys you got taylor montgomery out there tom Dietrich. 
uh, I don't know. There's just such a, I'm going down the leaderboard now, but um, you know, like I, I, I like seeing new faces. I like getting to know new players, I guess. Well, I think or, it's, or, or, or getting to know players that you've just seen in passing one or two shots a little bit deeper. I totally agree. And I think it's a great, uh, it's a great game within the game tournament as, as a lot of these are. And I think, again, this is kind of like a very personal uh, experience, but it's like, the last year, 18 months, like there's just been no time to actually think about the game within the game because the sport is kind of like ripping apart at it seems. You know what I mean? And it's there's like so much other shit to focus on and other shit to be thinking about and thinking about the ramifications of this and OWGR stuff and bylaws here and lawsuits here that it, a lot of what I think I was thinking about, you know, you a lot because I feel like you and I three, four, five, six, even like seven years ago like this is the kind of stuff we were like bonding over right it was a lot yeah. of these like very mid to lower tier tournaments like oh watch out for this guy what's going on here and for whatever reason today felt like a little bit of a, a throwback to that so I, I i was really enjoying that feeling yeah it's it you know i think for anybody who 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 argues that you know the elevated stuff is a bad idea and everything like that already exists man like, exactly it's a two-tier if not three-tier tour already but these tournaments have a place you know, and, and I, you know, I don't know what happens to them with the fall series or it sounds like they'll actually become more meaningful, right? Where guys are jockeying more for position after the regular season. And it doesn't, because that's the one thing, like you're watching this telecast and they're, you know, they're like, oh, let's check in on the Comcast business top 10. Like it's the second fucking tournament of the year, man. Or, you know, the road to the FedEx cup. It, like there's so many house the leaderboard ads. from last week. Yeah. 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 It's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly the leaderboard. <laughs> You know, like, like I watched Napa, I get it. (laughs) Yeah. And and that's where I want to be clear on what I'm, what I'm saying here, I guess is, is two things. One, like, just because I enjoyed watching that today and it sounds like you enjoyed watching it. Like, does that mean that, you know, this is like some win for the PJ tour? I I wouldn't necessarily go that far. Right. And I, I still think watching today, it's like, okay, we can't treat this or like try to pull the wool over people's eyes and pretend like this is the same kind of event as Riviera or pretend like this is the same event as Bay Hill or this is the same as the Memorial or any any of this stuff. And I know FedEx cup points are a little bit different at those events now, but it's like, dude, these are, these are no offense to anybody that was there. No offense to anybody that was like trying to get it across the line, but like, these are different fucking tours. Yeah at this point, you know, this and is, that's where, is more similar to like a corn fairy tour event. And, and that's where in my head, I was watching this today. And I was like, the only disconnect here is like trying to pretend like this is part of like the big ecosystem, right? Let's it's just like, be honest. Well, let's just be honest. And let's just like, I, I honest to God, maybe this is wrong, but I think this event gets better when you just say the quiet part out loud and just say like, this is part of the kind of whatever they end up calling it, kind of the lower tier of events. And you're watching as like, you know, oh shit, the CJ Cup or the, you know, Zozo or whatever the like elevated event is that's next week, you know, like, oh, Mackenzie Hughes has a chance to play in that now. Like this actually like means something rather than just, oh, it's a win, you know, (laughs) and that's a win and this was a win and this thing six years ago that nobody remembers is a win. And this one that finished on a Monday morning fucking nine years ago, that was a win. Like they're all just... And wins aren't the only thing that get you into Kapalua anymore either. Right. Yeah. So you can still go to Kapalua even if you don't win. It's just Uh, a... It's a weird watch. It's a weird place. The clubhouse is even weird. Like (laughs) it's like that weird modern... Thing. I don't, it's just, I, but but it's it's a fun kind of weird. I like it. The trophy's sick. The, you know, it's just 
like it's good second screen watching. Like I was watching it. I had Weather Channel on on Thursday and Friday, and I had this on on the other screen. I had NFL Red Zone on today, and I had this on on the second screen. You know, I don't want to sell uh, sell Mackenzie Hughes short, and we'll we'll kind of get to that in a minute. But like the golf course also looks kind of cool too. Right. Like it, it seemed like that Bermuda is the the perfect example of like, don't I don't ever want to play that golf course. I have no interest. I'm not good enough. I would be exposed so fast trying to play out of that rough and chipping out of that rough. Uh, but also like that combo of that and the greens looked a little firm. And if you were in the rough, man, it was you saw that with Mark Hubbard a bunch of times. Like there was just no chance of stopping it close to the hole. And I don't know. It all just kind of added up to to a pretty a pretty interesting, uh, interesting watch. Do I think a lot of people watched it? I don't. But what are you going to do? You, you got to you play the you play the team that's in front of you. That's that's all you can do. Well, it seems like there was definitely some Bermuda specialists on it too. Like I know, yeah, McKenzie lives in Charlotte. The South African guys, three of them played well for Telly, Burmester, and Higo. They're all I know that's what they play on a lot down there. Uh, McKenzie's won at RSM before. Right. That was his previous win. I know that's more kind of an overseed deal. Grillo's a, a good player on on Bermuda grass. So, but it's yeah, it's not visually arresting on TV. There's not a whole lot of texture to it. Um, but I, I like I think it plays better than it looks for yeah. these kind of you know mid fall events. It's um, it's it's an event for the sickos, man. Watch yeah, it, it watch it or don't. And would it have been like again? That's where it's like would it have been easier to skip this event for sure. But is it you know is is it a net positive or net negative? Like I think it's I think it's probably net. How positive. do you power rank the the fall? the fall series events. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Right. Uh, I got to try to remember them all, but <laughs> all right. I'll read them out. I'll read them okay. out. Uh, we got Fortinet, which is Napa. Yep. Sanderson Farms. We've got Shriners next week in, in Vegas at TPC Summerlin, which always seems to be pretty firm. Yeah. But also like very TPC ish. And then we've got Zozo and CJ Cup. Zozo's in, in Japan this year. CJ Cup's back at Congaree. Uh, and then we've got Bermuda. And then we've got Mayakoba, Houston, and RSM. God, there's so many. It's it's like there's there's too many. Right? <laughs> uh I'm gonna give number one to Napa. Okay. I think that I think that Napa event is is has grown on me a lot and i you know obviously i'm sure there's recency bias with max winning and all that but i think that golf course always plays really well it's kind of the quote-unquote start of the season that one's always kind of cool zozo and cj cup i'm going to take out because they don't have enough reps to don't have enough reps to qualify right now they're moving courses all the time you never know really what you're gonna and get they're, they're kind of like the they're definitely the outliers as far as the yeah field go too. definitely kind of free free crack giveaways a little bit i'm gonna put houston after that I loved watching some of the meltdowns, some of the meltdowns around the greens at Memorial Park. Uh, I'll say Sea Island after that, just because I've been there a bunch of times for that tournament and have kind of a soft spot. And I think the golf course is really cool. I'd probably slide in the Sanderson after that. And then I'll go wow. and then I'll go Shriners and then Bermuda. And no, so you're not even going to rank Mayakoba. Oh no, Mayakoba is kind of cool too. I, I do like Mayakoba. I don't know. Put slide Mayakoba in the middle somewhere. Okay, all right. Are you roughly yeah. roughly the same? Uh, yeah, I'm around the same. I think I'd yeah. go. Fortinet's gotten a lot better. Like that, they've put money into that golf course. You can tell it's the first event of the year. There's a certain buzz about it. You know, granted, there's only been like a week or two layoff. You know, I think Bermuda. I probably like more than I should because I think they can get some pretty gnarly conditions. 
Yeah, there. that's true. And there's some some pretty pictures there too. Yeah, there's, Houston's there's pretty pretty par threes. Houston's cool. I'm looking forward to the CJ Cup this year. I, I think Congaree in the fall is going to be yeah going to be really good. Spicy. But. Any anything you want to say about Mackenzie Hughes? I, I I like I said I know we're kind of bumping him down. He was the the last man standing. He looked like he had some. Like I said, he kind of looked like the guy all afternoon. He was the guy that was hitting big shots, making big putts, uh, and couldn't quite separate until until the playoff. You know, I I, I don't have a ton to add other than kind of was interesting to hear. You know, a lot of his journey. He's just one of those guys that has been toiling away very quietly, right? For it's been six years since he last won. Uh, same as Charlie Hall on the LPGA. Kind of nice little echo there, but. Uh, I, I don't have much to add other than, you know, he's a really fun guy to watch putt the ball. And he is like a, it's just, he's one of those guys that like, if you get to know him and if you're, you're in on following his story, it's really cool to see a big payoff day like this. Yeah. It seems, Hey, like I'm always shocked by how much speed he generates. He gets his hips and torso through. I think that's been his big thing, right? Trying to gain a lot more distance and reshaping a little bit like i think his career arc's probably a little bit misleading in that he won you know he won 2016 and then you know kind of like but, but like never really cracks into the top 100 at the end of the season and then the last like at the end of 2020 and at the end of 2021 he's been top 50 in the world yeah. so like he's played like he's been steadily progressing he had second place finish each of the last two years he had two-thirds in 2020 um, you know, he, like, he's, he's like raised his floor. It seems like, I mean, this should get him up. Uh, he's 82 right now. This should get him up close to, you know, in that 50s, 60s range, I would think. But yeah, just, you know, just a solid, solid world-class player, you know? Will you apologize for your international president's cup team? As we have Mackenzie Hughes and Ryan Fox, two guys who are not on the team, uh, go out and win this week. I was very vociferous in that I thought Fox should have been on the team. It seems like they put kind of an emphasis on guys who play the PGA Tour, though. Just like, mm-hmm. like if Straka could be able to play Ryder Cup, if he—that's a fantastic question. Like, like how does that work? Right? For which team? Maybe he plays for Valdosta. <laughs> exactly. You know, he's he's the Austrian Valdosta. <laughs> but like that, that kind of fascinates me too. It's like, all right, like let's say he keeps playing really, really well and gets inside the top. 25 in the world like at that point does he play Ryder cup for team europe it's a, it's a great question tc yes a lot of good questions uh no i i think mckenzie needed to play well to get the spotlight off of canada uh after the debacle that was Corey connors and, and taylor Pendrith. yeah it was a good makeup week. good makeup which will you catch me up on the on the on the president's cup a little bit i didn't watch a single shot we had our club championship out out at, out in kansas city i didn't watch a single shot i would love to catch you up on the president's cup can i do an ad read first sure this is uh for our good friends at the DraftKings sportsbook of course the nfl action is in full swing here at the DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl we're talking touchdowns big plays even bigger wins tc you believe that New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their wins with the DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with payouts bigger than ever. Why bet on football anywhere else? TC, nowhere else. 
Got to stick it in the DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code NLU to get $200 in free bets. If your team wins, when you place a $5 bet on any football game, that's code NLU only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. TC, what do you want to know about the President's Cup? Start me in a direction here. Buying or selling? On the, the event as a whole? Yes. Yes, that's a that's a great question. That's a biggie. We're still, we're going right to the finish first. I I'm holding. I think I I don't think I'm I don't think I'm necessarily getting rid of it, but I don't love my position. Uh, I I would love 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 to see the board make a uh, a change at the top, maybe some managerial changes at the corporation. Uh, if I'm going to keep my stock, because I you know we talked about this quite a bit, but it needs to be a a mixed event. Like the whole feel to me was. You know, you can just feel that they're trying to make it like it's it's so based on the Ryder Cup and it's just the best possible outcome is like a shittier version of the Ryder Cup is kind of how it feels to me right now. And I thought your captain did a great job. You should be very proud. The internationals played hard. They had some they had they're making making uh what is it turning shit into shit salad or, or whatever the uh, lemonade chicken shit yeah. into chick whatever the whatever the yeah phrase is but still they're starting from this position where it's like it's the u.s versus the rest of the world <laughs> minus europe go get them and i i do think that like what they're doing with the it's so outrageous and so stupid to say this but what they're doing with like the just the logo and the way they're treating you know, team practices and trying to create a little bit more of an identity, I thought actually did shine through. So I thought, I think you'd be happy to hear that. Good. Um, okay. So buying or selling, I, I just, I don't really know. I, I don't, I thought it was worse than Royal Melbourne, obviously, but I thought it was probably better than, you know, the Liberty National one. So it's, yeah. it's hard, to, hard to tell. And now we're going to Royal Montreal. Royal Montreal. Fighters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was, you didn't, I don't, I wouldn't say you missed too much else. It, it was, it was enjoyable watch Tom, the Tom Kim experience. I'm sure you caught that on social media yeah. was great. It was fun to, fun to see the pro 4.0 go out there and go four and oh, speed doing speed things was great. Uh, you would have got very pissed at JT. He was, he was being a little whiny. I think you would have enjoyed that. But, uh, other than that, any, yeah, any pre-scripted celebrations or, well, no, he didn't really have, I mean, he had a little bit to celebrate, obviously going four and with, with Spieth, but they kept it. I thought they kept it pretty tame, you know? And then I, I think he was ready to uncork a couple in the singles match and Siwoo Kim was just too much. So he didn't, he didn't really get the chance. I think, honestly, I think Siwoo had some, some pre-scripted uh, celebrations, shushing the crowd and, you know, just things of that nature, doing some deep lunges with the, wow. uh, with the fist bumps. It was it was fun. You you would have been proud of your you would have been proud of your boys, but they were just, you know. It was amazing how many times I had to you know I was trying to catch up on it a little bit on Monday afterwards, and uh, it was amazing how many times I saw the PGA Tour pumping their chest, beating their chest about the build out. They were they were very proud of the build out, which is a great example. Like, uh, and you know, forgive me if if we talked about a lot of this during the uh, during the President's Cup live shows, but it's like like what a great disconnect between the people watching the product and the people making the product. And that is what the president's cup feels like to me constantly. It's just like these executives telling you what they are proud of rather than fans telling you like what they enjoyed about the event. And it's, it's like that constantly. It's like that down to, you know, the fucking opening ceremonies. Like when everybody's like really pumped to get going, just let's, 
let's slow down the, on the first let's hole. Slow down the tempo and bring a couple execs out. Uh, do a couple, you know, a little give a couple HJs to really slow the uh, slow the process down. It's just stuff like that constantly. It's like people with no feedback whatsoever, like running amok, and and that's where you get the like look at this build out fans should be so excited about the margins we got with these vendors is like, yeah, I just, I don't think that's how it works, man. That's, that's just really not how it goes, but anywho, anywho, uh, a couple a couple quick hits on the, on the Sanderson before we, before we move off. I know you mentioned Nick Hardy. I know you mentioned Tom Dietrich already. Uh, I, w- I really wanted to pick him and I just, I thought he was going to be gassed. Wasn't he playing in like France last week or something? Yeah, I think he's been bouncing back and forth. He's, this yeah. is kind of his first year with a tour card. Taylor Montgomery, what do you want to say about him? I feel like we need to warn the people. This that is, was on this that was on yours. I mean, he all last year he just almost like kept almost winning on Corn Ferry, but it might be one of those things where like that's just what he does. He almost wins, hmm. but he's also like really. He good. can make a pretty good career almost winning. That's yeah, exactly. That's go pretty well. Uh, speaking of which, Scott Stallings, we sent him an invoice for some potential nuggets that I thought you and I had had banked on for some DraftKings stuff this week. Uh, you said, do I want to apologize for Riley Davis also doing business as Davis Riley? I don't know. He's T19 in his hometown event. You know, he's probably got all kinds of interview requests, all kinds of, you know, called it the sixth major, all the Jackson, the Jackson, you know, locals are, are probably just beating him up for autographs. It's coach prime is probably taking him out to dinner. <laughs> Uh, I think it's no, I think it's a fine showing. I will not apologize, but I think who's going to win first, Davis Riley or Taylor Montgomery? Davis, Davis Riley. Riley win already. I don't think I don't so. Know. There's too many events. Yeah. And there's too uh, many Davises too. There's a Davis true. Thompson as well, who I picked this week. Uh, <laughs> my guy, Will Gordon, uh, almost Camilo. He was first round leader, I think. And then he almost missed the cut. That's sick. Uh, which, God, was, that's which was tough. And then Bez. Yeah, we were, firing. we were monitoring this, and and that is where to go back to the President's Cup. I would love to have heard your your take on the Bez situation. I know you were standing standing with Solly, and that Bez should be on the bench. Me and Randy are are huge Bez heads, uh, and Bez was starting out starting out hot. Christian Bezadenhout, and uh, we thought maybe we were going to have a little Bez fest going on, but uh, that was not to be. So. Yeah, I mean, he's like one of the worst drivers of the golf ball. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but he uh, makes putts. He makes putts. He does make putts. He does make putts. Speaking of making putts, let's talk about the let's talk about the Grillo situation. <laughs> so I was watching on DVR as I as I mentioned, and the reason I mentioned that is because you were you were texting me like, "Oh my god, this Grillo! Th- this is the most spectacular thing ever." I was like, "I don't know what you're talking about." He's like, "Oh, you'll you'll know it when you see it." And I, you know, Grillo's missing like some four footers five footers i'm like oh maybe that's what and maybe that's five under for about. the day at this yeah point too. and he's yeah. like flagging it on seemingly every hole I, I thought i didn't know which way you were going i didn't know if he like was going to rattle off you know six straight birdies and just take the the lead or if he was going to blow up spectacularly uh it turned out to be the latter he made a, an eight made about a what would you say an eight footer nine footer for eight yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, he, he, it was six. It was six feet five inches for eight. He was he was laying two eighty six yards from the hole, and just a spectacular meltdown. A, a great example of what uh, what that Bermuda stuff could do. I think you know, kind of catches that first one a little fluffy. Uh, ends up in the bunker. Bad on bunker the lip. shot. It was a bad right, right, bad right. lie. Yeah. Bad lie. So he's kind of plugged in the lips, and he just hacks it out. And then from there is is where I I knew it was going to be something special. And they're like, man, he's He's really got to focus on this one, and he just bones it over the green like 600 miles an hour. It was like me. 
I mean, it was, it, it was, it was <laughs> the head head is just looking up at like an airplane as the ball is making contact. Uh, it, it was, and then he flubs the next one. It, yeah. Uh, it was, leaves it, it was short. And, then and shout out to golf channel for, for going, it, they did the, the classic, like, we're not going to stick on it, but we're, don't worry. We're going to come back for every shot. And, yeah. uh, that, that was great. So they had a couple good ones today. Like there was one where Mackenzie Hughes was, was laying up on the part, like the part fives out there are cool. Yeah. Uh, and there's a, there's a cool drivable four out there too, but, uh, one of the par fives, I think it was, it was either 11 or I think it was 11, uh, another 11 or 14, but like Mackenzie Hughes had like this two minute discussion with his caddy about laying yeah. up and were they going to go right or left of this tree. And they, they kept on the audio for all of it. I thought Sands and Billy Ray and I think Jim Gallagher was up there like, and Byram, they all, they all did a good job this week. I, a bunch you know, of pros, a bunch of pros yeah. out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, I agree. Uh, it's it's always just so jarring watching Grillo though. Like he's so freaking good at hitting hitting the ball. I, I always think about him. Not that he would remember this at all, of course. But the the first time I ever met him was at the junior players. It was the same day I met like Jordan Spieth and Patrick Rogers and all like all those dudes that were in that class were playing this this tournament. And it just is every time I see someone like that from from that class on tv it's just impossible not to think about them playing junior golf with all those dudes and their paths just going in such massively different directions you know and it's just i don't know i know that's that's kind of a cheesy like obvious uh statement but it's i don't know man it's a lot of uh there's a lot of like rental cars and hotel nights and flights and missed cuts and made cuts and highs and lows all kind of like between then and now. So it's just, it's always cool to think about careers like that in, in the big picture, but he's been, you know, like he had a, he had a kind of a viral moment this week where he had a little bit of a Hideki one-handed club drop finish to, you know, eight feet, uh, you know, pretty early in the week, but no, like I, I love watching him in person. Like he's a guy that I yeah. like going out and, seeking out when i'm when i'm on side of the tournament and he just seems like such an affable like cool guy too and an absolute ball hitter yeah i think last thing on the sanderson do you want to talk about brandon Wu? i do yeah i, I can't i can no longer stay silent on this one brandon Wu, the way that he wears his hat i don't know if it's the way he wears it or the hat itself he wears it like les miles or kenny perry <laughs> uh, just so high on his head that and, and and I've had some friends say something to me about it. Like, oh my god, you know what my pet peeve is? What Brandon Wu wears his hat, and I was like, dude, I feel the same There's way. Some sick, sick people that are noticing that <laughs> stuff. So I, I, you know, I just I feel like he seems like a really, really nice kid, Stanford kid, really good player. Somebody needs to have like a hat intervention with him. That's all I'm saying. And I think he's got great lettuce too. You know, I yeah. feel like I've seen him in Walker Cup and then USAM and stuff. I feel like he's he's got great hair, and it's kind of a, you know, how much is that hat logo worth to you? You know, yeah, it's like you don't need to look like the you know creative player on <laughs> you know EA Sports or whatever. And I'll also show some empathy from the uh, you know from the the big headed community. Some some hats just don't look good on us, and and you know that's a struggle we have uh, w- with the shop as well. So I you know. I get it. Maybe we do need to get get him into uh, you know some of the some of the more large domed hats we have in the NLU Pro Shop because I've I've found a way to uh, to work around my my big headed lifestyle and kind of make it work. Maybe I can pass away some key learnings. DJ, I feel like we're on we're on opposite sides of this, but we can both reach across the aisle because I have a small head. You got a really small head. I know. I've I've seen it. I've tried to put your hats on. There. It's it's outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. Last things I had were just just a couple of uh, 
couple of really like bad groups out there this week. Jimmy Walker, <laughs> Brian Stewart, Ryan Armour. And together. listen, I'm not saying it's it's the preeminent event on the PJ Tour. There's a, there's a dark dark downside to it here. Brendan Steele, Chris Stroud, John Ha, uh, yeah. which John Ha. Speaking of hats, I don't know if you've seen him lately. Uh, no, he, he wears the big this bucket hat still. No logo, just like but like kind of one of those hats that you would buy in like Gatlinburg and like airbrush, but it's a blank <laughs> one. Uh, it's 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 bizarre. It's like you know, it's like the hat that that Neil and Carson did for their wedding. It was like a joke. It was like Neil and Carson got engaged, the date and everything like that, but it doesn't have anything on it. It's so disconcerting. He wears these big sunglasses. He like, like, he, like he legitimately looks like a like a like a mob boss, like an Asian mob boss. Like it's like a like a Myrtle Beach Kendall Roy. Yeah, kind of vibes. That's exactly. very interesting. I'll be able to look out for that. I promise Please. you. Yeah, and then you know, just just interesting times down in uh, the great state of Mississippi right now. Obviously, we talked about the water thing. Sure. I know. I know you're a big Brett Favre guy. Well. I, I was, I was, there was a time, uh, there was a time. Yeah. What a, what a, uh, man, who could have saw that coming? That that's tough. <laughs> that's tough. Yeah. You know, listen, I don't think we need to pile on the, the, the fine people at Jackson. They've had a, uh, they've had a tough go of it the last, the last couple of months here. Let's, let's move on. Let's go to, uh, let's go to the home of golf. Ryan Fox, Ryan Fox, a one shot winner at the Dunny, the Alfred Dunhill links at uh what is it the old course Carnoustie and Kings Barnes it is, is. Right? yes uh final round 68 today for his second DP World Tour win of the year second of his career uh he's up inside the top 30 in the world now uh Ryan Fox very quietly turning into uh, a pretty pretty legit player I mean I, I I honestly can't even tell you that much about him just because I think that kind of speaks to my what's become a very uh blind spot on the DP World Tour for me he just hits the shit out of it uh, seven, second round 74. Uh, I wish I knew which course that was at because they played the three different ones the first three days. Well, and also day and two was, was fucking train wreck, <laughs> which we're going to, we're going to get to. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, Fox seemed really, uh, you know, it, it seemed like a, he took the president's cup snub in stride, but also used it in the right way. Fuel, yeah. you know, used it as fuel, used it as, as, Hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to use this to kind of i'm going to direct this back into my golf game which immediate results for that yeah the uh the dunhill is God, the dunhill is cool man and I, I want to ask you about like, i know you've been to it and you've kind of been on site for it i want to ask you about that in a second but it, it was the perfect uh example for me today of like i said i have not the the dp world tour and this is a whole other conversation and it's a much larger conversation with regards to live and owgr and the world of pro golf but it is it's become such an afterthought for me over the last kind of three four years and today was the perfect example of like hey man your your favorite golfer is playing your favorite golf course like do you think maybe you should turn that on and just like i mean fuck man watching people play the the back nine at the old course is like is pretty undefeated. So the the reason I want to ask is like I feel like I'm always talking about the Pebble Beach Pro Am on this podcast. Is like, dude, I know it sucks on TV, but just trust me. Like you you gotta. It's a cool event. It's it's really cool on site. And the Dunhill seems like it gets both sides right. Where like yeah, it seems like a very cool event on on site, and also it's so fun to watch on TV. I'm, I'm just curious if that was the case for you or if people were closed off or are they relaxed? Does it feel different than an open? What, what's, what was the vibe when you were there? Yeah, no, it's, it's very relaxed. The celebrities, you know, and, and amateurs are 
seemingly cooler as well. Like <laughs> Vladimir Klitschko's over there warming up for, you know, um, you know, it's like, it was like Rory played with his dad this week. Right. Yeah. Or you've got like this art dealer, I think one. Right. This from week. national, and, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's just, it's very like interesting, cultured, outrageous people. Uh, Johan Rupert's kind of the, the main dude, uh, you know, runs the, Runs Dunhill along with a bunch of kind of a luxury goods consortium of sorts. He's a South African guy. Um, yeah, it's just it's like the perfect place to spend a week with, you know, and and not take the golf too too seriously. But also like Norin won last year. Like I know you know like there's there's a bunch of like it it is competitive. And then you go up to Carnoustie and it's a totally different scene. And you go down to Kings Barnes and that's kind of you know probably more spectators down at Kings Barnes on like the Friday. And then you right. get you know, old course kind of Saturday, Sunday. So yeah, it's a great tournament. I think it's, you know, it's just fantastic Saturday, Sunday morning. Hey, let me flip on and see what's going on over across the pond, especially when the weather's extra, extra shitty. Which it absolutely was uh, on Friday for round two and a complete bloodbath. I did want to, before we get to some of the, the total train wrecks, I want to call out some, some big dick, under par rounds uh, because it was, it was kind of hitters only. Like the weather was, it was blowing like crazy. It was pissing rain. I, I would highly recommend DP world tour put together a, like a highlight reel of it's like a 10 minute video of, of Rory's round on Friday at Kings Barnes. And it, I mean, it's just, just chef's kiss. Like this is the content that I like to, I like to see here is just the, you know, the best player in the world trying to navigate like with a, a soaked stocking cap and try to figure out what his cover is when it's blowing 30 and raining. I mean, it's just really good stuff. But, uh, Richard Mansell, who was, who was the 54 hole leader, uh, RIP. I always, 70, I always see that name and I think yeah. of the race car driver, Nigel <laughs> Mansell, I think, uh, but he shot 68 in the shit. Our guy Alex Norin and Alex Fitzpatrick shot 69. Big Shot Bob shot 70. My guy Adrian Moronk shot 70. Uh, Callum Shinquin, Billy Ho, Podrick Harrington, Matt Fitz. Uh, your guy Hurley Long broke par uh, at, at 71. Those are, those are the only people that that broke par. So just a shout out to them. Uh, of course, an honorable mention also that your guy, the Moyle, uh, Tommy Fleetwood shot, shot 72. Thank you uh, for that. Just some some unbelievable thirty six <laughs> hole scores. Let's let's kind of we'll kind of go in ascending order of of excellence here. Thomas Peters, uh, sixty five eighty three. That's tough. That's tough. That's not going to get it done. Uh, Ramon uh, Romain Langasque. Uh, Romain Langasque, uh, the Frenchman, 61 in the first round, 80 in the second round, ties the biggest differential uh, on the DP World Tour, in the, at least in the last 15 years uh, from between between rounds, 19 shots between rounds. Of course, Justin Ray come with the goods. Andres Romero, I think I remember this, did this at the 2013 Shriners, went 61-81. We might need to uh we might need to do a little uh, let's let's dig in on that. Let's figure out what, yeah. what happened there. My favorite thing, Alexander Knapp, a, a bit of a, an homage to Icarito, maybe 3652 at at the old course uh i just and that's not like a you know like a scrub player like i think he's been, he's been playing like some pretty good golf and that's how fucking brutal it was out there i'll be honest like that's not even the icarito i mean i think icarito was probably 33 on the front nine <laughs> that's, that's true that's true time. 
that's a good so, point. What, what did he do? So you, for those that have not heard this story, what you, we were there in April. Yeah. And you guys were playing a match and it was yeah, Neil Neil's, and I were playing a match. Neil's first time playing the old course, at least we with, both with have real like clubs. Very good caddies. And our caddies, yeah. I think are like wagering on the round, like <laughs> unbeknownst to us and like taking it very seriously. And Neil birdies, like four of the first six he's up. He's, he's seven up with, he's seven up through eight on me. And granted, like I was a little hungover. Sure. I played, I played to the wrong pin on That's one of the tough. holes going out. That's tough, man. For a for a learned, <laughs> like, a like, learned, cultured man like UTC to to go to the wrong pin at the old courses. That's a tough look. My caddy was like, "What the fuck, man? I thought you, were, <laughs> I thought you like love this place." And I was like, "Yeah, it's like the third time I've played at this trip. Like, this is like my favorite course in the world." What hole was that on? It was on like three or four. God, that's um, good stuff. I was just so locked in, and I got like I hit exactly the <laughs> shot I wanted. But yeah, so Neil, Neil has like a he has a two putt eagle on on five on five. He's just just keeping the pedal down, and then we get to what's the uh, the shorter four number eight, where you go back to this little snack shack there. Uh, number nine, number nine. Yeah. yeah. So we go to number nine. He he does not pull driver or even three wood. I think he hits like a driving iron. And I was kind of like, all right, I, I know I've got him. And then and then the next tee box, he pumps two into the gorse, <laughs> doesn't find him. So I mean, like he was, I think he was four or five under uh <laughs> at that point. And then uh yeah, and then I lost I lost one one down. Mm. Uh you know, we we both birdied uh 18, but it was just like a slow bleed for him the rest of the day. It was God. it was it was awesome to watch it all unravel for him. RIP. What else we got from the uh on that same day, Eddie Pepperell went five one five. This was on Friday, not not the same day as your guys' match, but uh five one five is just that's a great three hole stretch. Uh I really enjoyed that. Uh almost as Alex, impressive as the three one three. Very God, he could have he could have won a lot of money doing that at the Detroit event. Alex Norton's just uh, he's just starting to sniff around a little bit, probably hit the ball very similar to uh, a Grillo situation, probably hit the ball well enough to to win this week in Scotland and just put it like absolute garbage. Um, but he's one of those guys, you know, people will understand this once tourist sauce comes out, but we ran into him uh, at Visby in Sweden and just what, what an absolute shot of life. A guy that i never quite knew, you know, you don't really, you see someone like that is a very tangential figure kind of in the, the world of golf. You see a shot here and a shot there. Don't really know how much is going on, you know, with a guy like that. Super interesting guy. Uh, will be someone that I root for forever. And him and Solly also got to, uh, you know, got to talk through the OWGR situation, which which was great. So so look forward to that on uh, on tour sauce. Anything anything to say about Rory? I mean, other than the touching homage to Mackenzie Hughes, uh, yeah. you know, I thought I, I saw Kyle Porter doing his doing his usual, you know, Rory. Uh, you know, Rory's the the greatest player to ever live routine on Twitter today, but, but he, but he backed it up with, with a really good stat about basically somebody was saying Rory couldn't get it in the house. He couldn't get it in the barn. He couldn't get the W's and like Rory, Rory wins at like an outrageous clip. Dude. Yes. He's so fucking good, man. And his year, like it's going to be so overshadowed by the live stuff and what happened at St. Like the first time at St. Andrews, which was kind of similar to today and, you know, coming up short at some of the other majors, but can I just read off like his, some of his, uh, his finishes here, this is starting at the masters. Okay. Just like, again, going back to the Grillo thing, like talk about just, 
you know, traveling from city to city, practice rounds, all, like all that kind of stuff. And then to come out and do this for the season, second at the masters, fifth at Wells Fargo, eighth at the PGA T 18 at the Memorial horrible week, uh, won the Canadian open T five at the U S open T 19 at the travelers third at the open missed the cut at St. Jude. I still don't really know what was going on there. I didn't, I, I kind of abstained from the St. Jude event. T8 at BMW won the tour championship. I believe he won the 72 hole scores too, before you, before you pick any nits with that. Uh, T2 at the BMW PGA fourth at the Italian open and T4 this week at the Dunhill. Like I, I, he's just like uh, turned into the absolute contention monster this, yeah. this year. It's, it's insane. And it's going to be very overshadowed by a lot of stuff. But again, as we've been saying, I think it, you gotta, it, it's gotta pay off with big things at the majors at some point. I'm going to keep the faith. Billy Ho, man, he uh, yeah, on my list too. I I just didn't have him on my list of guys who would love Lynx golf. I know and love foreign countries and love like hanging out in foreign countries. And I mean, this year alone, he's played. Obviously, played the British Open, played the Scottish Open, uh, he played the BMW International, played the BMW PGA, and then he played the Dunhill this year as well. So it's you know he's been spending a lot of time. Uh, over there, maybe he's trying to get a look for like, you know, I guess they're going to try to kick out the new prime minister. Maybe he's trying mm. to get a look for that. But even <laughs> despite all that, he's still uh, he's still not in the top. Uh, he's 91st on the DP World Tour ranking. Just, you know, not quite enough uh, juice in some of these finishes. Uh, I thought it was interesting that they gave Peter Uline a sponsor exemption. Very interesting. This. Very interesting. On that note, I think there were nine live guys in the field. Uh, it brings me no pleasure to report that six of them missed the cut. T fifty six for your guy Blandy, and uh, a couple T tens for Ustazen and, and Peter Uline. So fair play to him to actually back up his uh, his sponsor exemption. But I was thinking about it from a from a purse perspective, uh, just like currency wise. With the euro and the pound absolutely in the tank. Yeah. Those European tour purses, which have kind of been pretty flat or dwindling uh, yeah. for the last few years, look even worse. Way now. worse. It's yeah. crazy. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Anything anything else on the Dunhill? I think I'm I think I'm gonna add that to my that might be on my bucket list going forward. That that would be I think trying to trying to play in that thing would be about as good as cool as it would oh. get. It's it's I think it's very much a uh a like it's kind of like all right, that's a wrap for like the serious golf for the year. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, and like it's kind of a good capstone of right. sorts. Yeah. So. Uh, all right. Speaking of that's a wrap. Let's 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 put a wrap on our ad reads. We got one more ad read here. This is for our friends, of course, at Cash App. When personal finance connects you to both your funds and the stuff that matters, that's money. That's Cash App. No what else is money? TC choosing your own cash tag, of course. Uh, I think you've got some other things that are money. Yeah. I, I, again, that buying the new recording rig for my office. That's, <laughs> that's money. money. That's money. Sister Jean threw out the first pitch <laughs> at uh, Wrigley Field this week. Of course, that, kind, of bounced, kind of bounced it, if we're being honest. Yeah. But, you know, probably earned some endowment. Uh, sure. That's money. money yeah. For him. And then uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to you. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there was some sort of monetary payout to it there. Uh, your boy, Tony LaRussa, hanging <laughs> it up. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure he got some sort of that's money uh, balloon payment. Maybe no. Yeah, don't show up next season. That's that's <laughs> money. Yes, yeah, sending, spending, saving, investing, splitting, tipping, donating, gifting, or just typing numbers all in a single finance app. That's money. That's Cash App. It is fantastic. We use it every day, multiple times a day. Download Cash App 
from the App Store or Google Play Store today. Add your hashtag to the 80 million and counting using the app. When you use your code, when you use code NLU, you get a free $15 plus $10 goes to Youth on Course. TC, no, no better promo code to use out there. Just funnel some money to Youth on Course with our yeah. friends at Cash App. Uh, Charlie Hall wins by one. That's money. Uh, her first win in six years at <laughs> the Ascendant LPGA, benefiting Volunteers of America. The Ascendant, I'm. I know this is not the case. I'm sure it's some sort of fucking bank or something, but it's uh, whoever said it sounds like a cult uh, when they sponsored the Corn Ferry Tour event. That's the, what the I, Ascendant spot uh, presented by Blue at TPC Colorado. That's right. that's right. That that is what's in my head now. So in my head is just the Ascendant is is taking over recruiting members uh, across a bevy of different tours. And today it seems like they recruited uh, Charlie Hall. They they gave her some cowboy boots. It looked like a Texas shaped trophy down at the Colony in in Texas. Uh, did you get to watch much of this? I watched some actually. Like kind of followed along Thursday Friday. I was kind of bummed on Friday because the the conditions looked awful on yeah. Thursday. Like the wind was coming off the lake. I think it's great. Old, great week for conditions. Yeah, yeah. It's an old American down there, which I'm told from people in the Plex that it's not a bad course. It's one of their few decent I thought it courses. Looked, it looked in interesting. Plex. It looked yeah. like it had looked like it had some uh, some cool runoff spots and some cool you know some bad places to miss and stuff like that. Um, no, Charlie, I get such a kick out of Charlie Hall. Charlie Hall fucking rules. I'm so, so in on Charlie Hall. She just, she just peacocks everywhere. Yeah. She's always wearing like velour jumpsuits <laughs> around and she, she, like, she just seems like a, a player. A hundred percent. Loves, just- loves gaming. Fucking people up at the Solheim Cup last year. Like the more Charlie Hall wins, the more she's in the mix, the better it is for for golf in general. I had a had a blast watching her watching her close it out. Uh Shiyu Lin, little birdie eagle on 1617 to to make it interesting, but uh not quite enough. So Charlie Hall, I mean, honestly, every kind of everything we said about Mackenzie Hughes, right? I, I feel like is yeah. is similar and for Charlie Hall, she's probably a little bit more of a a visible kind of premier player with with english golf and solheim cups and and some of that stuff but same thing you know you're grinding away for six years trying to get back in the winter circle that is uh that's that's a tough way to uh tough way to go about it so kudos to her uh 64 in rounds two and four closing 64 that's a lot of birdies on the stretch always gonna be hard to beat that uh and i think just for the monitoring Department Lydia Co is like yeah. similar to to some of those Rory finishes. Man, nineteen starts this year. I think she has like eleven or twelve top tens. Uh, same, like seems like a similar situation where that could be just a complete monster breakout next year with another one of those. Like you know, going another one of her years where she rattles off a couple majors, or maybe this was the year for her and Rory. Maybe they maybe they yeah. squandered it. Who knows. Yeah, Lydia, it, it feels like she's getting up in the deer stand, getting up in the duck blind. Like she's <laughs> she's going to start hunting here soon. LPGA goes to Southern California, I think, this week. I think Ventura, that's right. The Satakoi Club down there. Uh, and then they're off for a week, and they go to Asia for two weeks. They go to Korea and Japan. So, And I I know you can't point this out, because I think maybe you have a live fatwa. I'm not there, sure. There, there is a fatwa, yes. Lizette Salas, T7. Uh, and the reason we mentioned this, anytime the broadcast is going to tell me someone closes with 43 straight holes without a bogey, that's that's worth a mention. So uh, that's that's the kind of stuff that that just really, really melts your brain a little bit. 
Which uh, on the pace of play front, because you know, yeah. that's one of the reasons Lizette has a has a fatwa on her. Sure. Uh I don't I don't think we gave Mark Hubbard enough credit for how slow he played. <laughs> I think you're right. I think I think we skipped over that a little bit. Mark Hubbard's an interesting one because I feel like he seems like a great guy, seems very interesting. I we hear nothing but nothing but great things from from Homa. The the pro 4.0 is a is a massive fan. I think they share a lot of houses, spend a lot of time together, uh, play a lot of practice rounds together. But the uh the pace of play was was tough. That was that was a tough experience to get past today. Like 12, 13, 14 practice putts, you know, Man, t- taking the putts from every little angle, like on the, on that break that he's, it's, it's, it's really, really like staggering to watch. And he just looks uncomfortable with the putter. Yeah. And I don't know if that was a today thing or if that was, uh, if that's an everyday thing, but we're going to monitor that situation, I think, because today was, today was, it was very uncomfortable to, to watch him play golf today. Uh, and a lot of that is obviously getting in the in the cauldron and trying to win. But man, that was that was a guy that looked looked very very uncomfortable. Should we get to everybody's favorite section, the live the live section of of the discourse? Yeah, we've got the live section. We've got some OWGR stuff. We got lawsuit. We got the legal section, and then and then, we, and then we've got a bunch of random nonsense at the end. So <laughs> so if you're not into the live stuff, rest assured, there's more non live stuff at the end. So let's start. This is this is an old. Old story, but we kind of breezed over it during the President's Cup. Uh, and obviously, you were not on the President's Cup uh, live shows because you were out at the Roost Club Championship in Kansas City. But there was a letter sent from a bunch of the live players to the OWGR board to His Eminence Peter Dawson, the chairman of the governing board of the OWGR, one of the one of the foremost British accents, I would say, in the world of of golf, maybe the world in general. And they were basically laying out why they think they should get OWGR points. They were asking for retroactive points for their past events. Uh, they're kind of leaning on this idea that the rankings are going to be tainted or irrelevant if live events are not included. Uh, I, I guess, let me start with you, TC. What, what do you like, where do you stand on this? Where, what's your, what's your read on, on the OWGR live situation? It's a good question. I think it's probably going to be, it's tricky. Like it's putting the majors and everybody in a tough spot. And just cause it's, it's almost tough not to collude. Right. Right. But like, I think there's two different arguments here. Like I I don't have a great sense of like how you could retroactively do this when (laughs) you chose to break these rules and you knew what the waiting period was for any tour, much less, you know, and of course they're going to slow walk your application and all that at this point. And, you know, it's like Monaghan and Pelly and the international federation of PGA tours. Like there's, there's a, cabal there of sorts where they have what four of the four of the seven things and it seems like peter dawson's always you know kind of been a uh i know he's been floating around in the middle east the last few years he's like a big golf dubai guy uh so you know he's probably a sympathetic party to a certain extent yeah i don't know i think you know and then add to that all of rory's comments as well like i certainly would want the best players in the world ranked accordingly i think dustin johnson is somewhere around 100th in the world it's not an accurate reflection of where he is in the game stop and the I, quote he didn't say anything else run exactly. with that run with that headline there's there's nothing else no just kidding. And, of course rory continued yeah uh but at the same time you can't make up your own rules there's criteria there and everyone knows what they are if they want to pivot to meet the criteria they can and then all of a sudden i certainly have no problem with them getting world ranking points at all you just have to meet the criteria. And if you don't meet the criteria, it's going to be hard to justify why you should have them, uh, which that entire 
time I was reading that, I was just thinking of the Isaiah Thomas. I met the criteria. <laughs> I met the criteria. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think on that front too, like John Wood had a really good uh, tweet this week, the uh, caddy turned broadcaster. He said, you know, basically like what's, you know, you're saying that Liv's not letting you play in their events. Like, are you letting them play in your events? Right. Uh, you no, know, like, no, A, no, you're not. And B, like, you can't because there's only 48 guys and there's no, there's no, there's way no to get connectivity there's to the no, ecosystem it, right. or, yeah, there's no qualification system. There's, you know, it's just kind of arbitrary. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think the, I don't think the OWGR stuff is anything, there was nothing groundbreaking there. It was a little bit of a desperate measure, I thought, if anything. It's, yeah, I, I think it's, you can kind of choose like which side you of the bed you wake up on and like how you want to think about this. I feel like, because I, I think there's a good faith conversation to be had about the idea of, you know, if Cam Smith is, you know, if Cam Smith is rated as the 17th best player in the world, is that an accurate reflection of, you know, the totality of professional golfers and, and how they should be ranked? Like, no, I don't think it is. Right. But like Cam Smith chose to go play in a bunch of unranked events and he knew that they were unranked and he knew that like that that's where I think the the conversation kind of just breaks apart is like it's not like this is a black box thing where the OWGR is saying like it's not like it's a coach's poll. Right. And they're just like choosing to not have your events in there. Like I, I don't what I don't get is like why don't they just like I don't get why they wouldn't just move to fit the criteria then there would be absolutely nobody in the entire world that would say that they shouldn't get points right and it's just but i the don't know criteria it goes beyond just the 54 holes right it, it you know yeah it goes to like number of players number of events number like but i think fine. there's yeah i think you have a lot stronger case like that's where everybody who has this conversation is like well the fucking you know the wgc's don't have a cut and you know the hero world challenge doesn't have a cut and all of that stuff and i think you have a much better you know a much better argument with a lot of that stuff if you're at least trying to meet some of the other ones <laughs> you know what i mean like the, yeah. the reason all of those were able to happen in that way is because like the wgc's for example are a group of tours that are already sanctioned by the owgr that have already followed all of these criteria that have designated a very clear way for how you qualify for these tournaments. It's almost like sits on top of, yeah, it like sits on top of their tours, right? And that's where it's like, yeah, of course, like these are going to get ranking points because they're already in the ecosystem. The Hero World Challenge is one that, like, I don't, I think it took them like seven years, basically, or six or seven, eight years, something like that, of not getting points before they finally like petitioned, 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 petitioned and said listen like here's the field here's like over the last you know 7 years like here's been the strength of field here's who we invite here's why we invite them you know yada 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 it's it's like there's something so different about tiger woods hosting an event for 8 9 years that like eventually gets points that's so different than hey we've been around for four tournaments like what the fuck you're ruining you're ruining golf if you don't give me points it's like we're, dude, what we're rocking up to stonehill golf club in in bangkok thailand yeah this week. if you don't give me points then you're yeah. you're ruining golf i don't know what to tell you and so of course it's like there's all these things that are you know 
this is where it turns into like the the 401 class, right? Is when you actually get into how strength the field works and what their tournaments would actually look like if they did get points, which like, first of all, yes, there have been tours that have gotten like that have 54 hole events that have gotten points. They're capped as developmental tours, so they don't get very many points. Layer onto that, like the fields fucking stink at the live events in the first place and they're not deep. So they are going to work against you know, the new changes to the OWGR. So then of course, like they're not going to get very many points. And then how do you think they're going to handle that? Right. And so that's where it's just like, dude, you're not even, you're not even coming at this as like a real argument. You're just going to be pissed no matter what the situation is until they just say, yeah, no, James Pyatt, man, of course you should be the the 48th ranked player in the world. You're, you're playing on the live tour. You know what I mean? And it's just, you take a guy like that, that signed a contract to play in this league like they could have just as easily signed you to to play in this and you're basically giving him like sorry i know i'm rambling but like the 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 stupidest argument that i feel like i hear is well you just okay we don't have a cut but we'll just give ranking points to the top half of these guys so like the only the top 24 will get we'll get ranking points and it's like okay so now you have not to pick on him i'm sure he's a very nice guy but you have james pyatt right who now instead of like going to Q school and getting a corn fairy tour card and working your way through the corn fairy tour and getting a PJ tour card. And then at a PJ tour event, beating a hundred and or whatever it is, 70 other PJ tour players to get world ranking points. You're telling him, okay, all you need to do is beat 24 of these arbitrarily signed guys. And you have a chance to earn points. Like how is that a level yeah, playing field yeah. at all? And so then I think the counter to that would be like, Oh, well you just like scale them down. It's like fine, like cool. If that, but like, let me tell you how that conversation is going to go. It's just well, Cam Smith won, and you're only giving him three points for winning. Yeah. It's like, dude, that's not going to go well either. So it's just, it's, it's going to be like vociferous bitching from the live people until they get what they want, and it's going to be just like colossal point missing from people who don't have the whole story, and and it's just going to turn into like this complete shit sandwich of a discussion like which, everything else has speaking of which did, did use golf facts was very very involved in the conversation <laughs> this week uh on twitter tread uh, tread lightly here tc yeah um <laughs> he or she uh, offered up the following in response to glute activator asking why she hates america quote Great i question. love america i also love fairness competition and equality uh also adamant that the reads are not drinkers and linked repeatedly to an episode of the quote, the thinking man's show on YouTube where they dig into the OWGR. Uh, Which is, and, I think if you don't watch, it means you're not a thinking man. I think that's well, pretty clear. You know, a lot of people are saying, what about, what about Jumbo Ozaki? What sure. about Jumbo Ozaki on the Asian, <laughs> on the Japan tour? He was given free reign over there. It sounded like they let him kind of make the rules in the yeah. actual tournaments. And uh, he had enough points stockpiled to basically stay in the world, in the top, hundred in the world like well after his playing career was effectively over and guess what we don't we don't do it like that anymore that's not a that's not a good system but yeah. i don't i don't know and i think at the end of the day it's is the owgr some sort of of monopolistic entity is far outside my pay grade and i'm sure that will probably come to some sort of court situation as well uh but in the meantime it's just like dude it's really hard to have too much sympathy for anybody who who knew exactly what they were signing up for. Yeah. You know uh, what I mean? Like it, that's it, what the money was for, right? It, it, truly. 
truly. And so it's this whole just, man, like, why, why am I being so persecuted? All I did was like all of these things you told me not to do is... I, I, yeah, it's really hard to, to feel too sympathetic for those people. But I tell you what's going to be absolutely lit is going to be uh, US Open and British Open qualifying. Hopefully. Yeah. Right? I, I totally, right. I mean, I'm and, looking and forward to that. No, exactly. It's going to be, it's going to be great. It'll be awesome to see if people actually like do show up for them or if they just happily skip majors, which low key is kind of what I think they'll end up doing. But we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, it'll be interesting like to see who makes that choice on a personal level. Right. Right. Where do you want to go next? Let's go. I mean, so we've got we've got all the lawsuit stuff percolating around. I tweeted this last week. The Mickelson is cooperating. The kind of the, the word that we're getting on the street is Mickelson is cooperating with the DOJ investigation. Um, which so I, I don't have my notes in front of me, but the DOJ investigation is basically this was kind of leaked by Liv, right? Essentially, I, I, that, I think it was. I don't think it was leaked by Liv. I think it was leaked by the tour to kind of spook lawmakers into thinking, "Oh, like they're you know you're doing the bidding of a foreign government against an American nonprofit." Gotcha. You know, uh, so the Department of Justice is investigating the tour for for basically anti anti monopolistic practices, right? Yeah, especially I think a lot of it's around the group boycott stuff. So kind of inducing and, and coercing. Uh, like vendors, like tent companies, and you know, broadcast partners and others. How do you think they get that big ass build out to uh, you know to not work with Live and to only only work with PGA Tour uh, on this front? So, which is highly, highly illegal uh, as far as you know that stuff goes. But so Mickelson is basically have heard that he's turning over you know documents and sitting for interviews and like he's friendly to the investigation. He's helping. This is after he, you know. <laughs> like you know was quoted as saying like yeah like you know everything's straight we're good like you know i didn't want to be a part of the lawsuit anymore all that stuff like kumbaya basically it's uh it's gonna be really interesting to see how like what a weird dichotomy over the next year i would say at least re with regards to phil where randy said it really well about like matt wolf and live stuff is if you know if you watch live and you're a huge whatever team he plays on fan uh then you know maybe nothing changes for you but if you don't watch live it's like how easy is it to forget that matt wolf exists at all and phil is kind of the same way right where like he's over the next year it just seems like he's going to become so fucking irrelevant from a golf perspective and so hyper hyper visible and re relevant from a like legislative like court perspective it's just yeah. It's just, I mean, what a what a bizarro world that 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 we're living in. That Mickelson, you know, is is state's witness, and he's he's, <laughs> you know, I, although I guess he testified. I don't know if he testified or worked in conjunction with the feds against Billy Walters as well. Eventually, but you know, it's kind of like, yo, like snitches get stitches. <laughs> so. Well, go, yeah, going against his his current boss also would be a good idea either. So it's no. you know kind of a, a no win situation. Uh, let's go to so there was a report by Eamon Lynch. Uh, Eamon will come up in in our next story as well. Uh, there was a report by Eamon Lynch uh, of Golf Week this week that Liv is nearing a deal to purchase airtime for its tournaments on Fox Sports One, uh, which would require Liv to not only pay for the time but also be responsible for. <laughs> The cost of production, any ads sold, uh, all of that kind of stuff. What, 
what what was your uh what was your reaction to this because first of all Liv denied it said it was it was incomplete and inaccurate uh and second as funny as this is to to dance on i i think there's a little bit of complexity to it but I, i'm curious what your thoughts were my first thought was like all right this is going to take the place of some of like the camp lejeune toxic water <laughs> and the asbestos uh you know and some some you know billy mays commercials r.i.p that, that are probably still floating around um some of those buy gold commercials sure uh tactical glasses you know <laughs> things like that so you know it's probably a win for sports fans that fs1 will be showing more more sports if it goes through if it goes through you know but also like it sounded like yeah it's clearly just you know the kush or somebody <laughs> like that calling in a favor with uh you know old boy rupert or yeah or lachlan yeah yeah it's it's a weird situation because it's I think, first of all, it's probably lost on a lot of people that while the LPGA, I, I mean, I, they don't pay for their time, but like they certainly have to pay production costs for a lot of TV coverage that they get. And for a lot of tournaments is like they, they have to do that. I think the Corn Ferry Tour has to do the same thing. I think yeah. I don't know how the Champions like, it's Tour like 250 works. 250 grand a week, I think. Like, yeah, so I think that's just at least worth noting that you know, as outrageous, outrageous as it seems, it's, it does happen in golf. But also I, I think what's weird to me is this idea that I don't know the right way to say it, like getting this there. I, I feel like there's this fallacy that like getting on TV is going to change everything. And I just really don't think that that's true. I think that's so woefully oversimplified that, you know, like when this story came out, the first thing of course I did was like try to track down as many fs1 ratings as i could and and try to find like how many viewers it's like there's this fallacy that like oh my god i mean if it's on tv there's there's 40 million people watching it at, at all times and it's like dude i i don't know that the numbers would be that much different than they were on youtube right like the the highest rated and this was just for like a one week period but it's like the highest rated thing i could find on fs1 and if these numbers are even accurate was like there's like three hundred thousand people watching a college football game Right. And is, is this going to show up on FS1 and certainly like suddenly be the dominant, like, <laughs> you know, some, some like threefold uh, audience? Like, I really don't think so. Well, but, that and it's, you know, they're not going to be able to use the bots as effectively. <laughs> well, there's right? that. Like they're they're going to have to game Nielsen essentially. Well, I was thinking though, if, if no one's paying you for the rights of your product, like that's the re like the tour is never going to like simulcast on YouTube because CBS and NBC are paying for the rights, right? But if no one's paying you for the rights, you could just put it on YouTube as well. It's true. And just double your double up your audience, and but you're if already you're gonna, paying well, all your production costs anyways. Nobody's paying them for the rights, but but the other caveat was any ads sold, they're responsible for as well. So they're basically betting on themselves, right? If any, you know, so you would have to deliver. Although I guess you you would no, just I think they're ads on the YouTube. I think that's as like well. the cost of fulfilling the ads. Like, I don't think you get money for the ads. I think FS1 still keeps that. Okay. Gotcha. Think. But it's, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just a weird. I think this so, will be a really interesting week for Liv. They're playing in Bangkok at this Kyle Phillips design course that's owned by this, like, Thai energy tycoon billionaire. And I'm assuming it'll be on in the middle of the night here. Like, what, you know, like, what's the, 
what's the live stream gonna look like? Because honestly, I don't even have a problem with like the YouTube stuff. Like, dude, that was kind of the my easiest thing. place yeah. you can possibly find anything. No, that's kind of where I was at too. It's like the more I the more I thought about this TV, I mean, my initial reaction was like laughing at it, and then my second thing is like, wait, is that low key kind of almost like worse than being on YouTube? Because it's like you don't have to fiddle with the subscription or find your password or yeah, figure out how yeah. to stream it. It's just yeah, you, know, you just go to YouTube.com. And I, I don't know. I think, yeah, I don't know. I I think there's a, uh, I think there's a a very big difference between like network TV and cable TV, right? Like I I think the PJ tour pulling in, you know, I don't even know what the numbers are, but easily over a million people to watch a network broadcast is just, it's, it's, I still think very, 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 very different than what we're seeing with live on FS1, but We'll see. I also think, like, uh, honestly, the YouTube stuff could be for for those that are interested in it, which obviously uh, there are some who are. Like, if it's on in the middle of the night, like, you can yeah. sleep in and just watch the whole broadcast replay on YouTube and skip around. And I don't know. That's kind of what I did with DVR today, right? It's like, I actually think that's kind of a good user experience. So, yeah. No, it's like, I, I think yeah, once the TV stuff, to watch. Yeah. Once the TV stuff pops up, that some of that might go away. So, yeah, it's just uh, it's kind of an interesting, interesting combo. But uh, also, of course, would just be very funny. Just to underscore, if they if they did end up having to literally pay somebody to to take their product, would be that, that's worth laughing at. For well, sure. then you get into all sorts of stuff too about the foreign foreign agents thing and all all that stuff. As far as like if 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 a foreign government is paying for airtime, uh, yeah. You know, I don't know how that works on, on the airwaves. Like, there's all sorts of red tape tied up, yeah. That too. So, uh, yeah, and like, I don't know. I guess their whole thing too is with like, we're in discussions with multiple media companies or whatever. <laughs> like, I, I, you know, they had floated Amazon. Like, yeah, okay, Jeff Bezos is gonna is gonna <laughs> is gonna televise this on Amazon Prime after after MBS, you know. Uh, put the Pegasus thing on his phone and all yeah, that. It feels like, like it might be kind of a frosty relationship. Yeah. I, I think the hard part about a lot of this stuff too, and, and we've mentioned this in the past, but the biggest fallacy with live stuff for me, and, and this kind of crystallized when I was explaining it, like my brother gave me kind of the classic, like, so what's up with this live stuff? And then I, you know, just rambled for like four hours. But what kind of crystallized is like, it's still golf at the end of the day. And there's this fallacy that like, oh my God, if we can just make it louder, make it easier, like 48 players have all these superstars, like blah, blah, blah. And then we get it on TV. Like, oh my God. I mean, it's just game over. Like people are going to fucking love it. And I'm like, well, it like, I think some people will like it more than the PGA tour offering if you nail all of those things, but it's still golf. And like, you still are limited by like what the, what the potential audience is to sit down and watch golf on TV. Cause it's, it's still going to be slow. You still got to understand the rules. It's still, you know, going to be, it's just kind of like a limiting, it's a limiting thing. Right. And so they're they're, just trying to turn it into like the F1 paddock. Almost right, where like that's almost better than the actual race itself, right? Like, qualifying and you know the whole scene on the range and all the teams sitting with each other. Like I think I'm still like, I think the team thing works. I think there's there's different wrinkles to this that I think absolutely work. And and you know we were kind of pitching as hey these are good ideas when they were PGL, you know, yeah. and it's like all right no, how totally. do we? But also I think they're like ham fisted as hell in the execution and the operations and all this. Like I've said it a hundred times, like Greg Norman, like the best move that like live should, 
should do is get rid of third leg Greg. Like, you know, the PGA Tour, like, they've gotten lucky that Greg Norman's the one running all this stuff right now. Right. Yeah, you know? I agree. Uh, well, mo- moving through, uh, to the lawsuit section, which we're going to try to keep brief here. Cause I don't know what I'm talking about with, with, <laughs> with this stuff. If we're just being very honest, these are both from the athletic Brendan Quinn, a couple late nights for Brendan Quinn this week from the athletic, uh, the PJ tour has countersued live. Uh, they filed this late Wednesday accusing live of tort tortuously. Is that how you Tor- pronounce it? Tortious, uh, tor- tortious interference tortious interference with tours contracts with golfers who defected to the upstart rival. This was the first lawsuit I think that's been filed that I'm just kind of like, whatever, man, I don't, I don't let me know, I guess what, what shakes out, you know, I, I feel like I can wrap my head around the players suing the PJ tour and why they did that. I can wrap my head around live getting involved in that. I can wrap my head certainly around the Patrick Reed lawsuit. This is the one where I'm kind of like, dude, I, I, I guess just kind of let me know where we end up. Yeah, which yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it seems like the players are don't have a great case, and their their legal standing isn't great against the tour. So worth mentioning, I guess there's only like three players left in that lawsuit, right? Correct. It's like Bryson, Matt Jones, and I don't forget who the last one yeah, is. Yeah. Um, and then and then there's the you know Liv will probably keep going with that lawsuit, I would assume. Right, because they've joined they have, as a plaintiff, like, right? Yeah. If they have yeah. like actual standing, because the PGA Tour is you know, inhibited them, but, but then, yeah, then counter suing here, we'll see what's going on with that. And then we've got the other lawsuit. Uh, of course your guy P, uh, and his very serious lawyer, Larry Clayman, uh, have refiled P's $750 million, uh, defamation lawsuit against Brandel Chambly and golf channel. Uh, they've refiled that into your hometown. Uh, the U.S. District Court for the Middle District of Florida in Jacksonville. And just for fun, they have added new defendants, uh, Damon Hack, Shane Bacon, and Eamon Lynch to, uh, to, to the suit. I don't know that this, I don't know if the $750 million uh, has changed. I don't know if they added an extra zero or not when they added those, those defendants, but I, I think it stayed the same. Good morning, Damon. Uh, <laughs> God, what a world, huh? I mean, and I guess the, the judge... Who can you, they, can you imagine this landed in is like the most no nonsense guy in this circuit. He's like takes no prisoners, no bullshit. Like it, so it'll be really interesting to see how this works. Lord, Lord willing, it it is. Uh, I don't know what I'm rooting for more for for the sake of the defendants to to just have this thing like heavily eye rolled and thrown out immediately, or or for it to. Uh, get a little further just to see how how the clay man handles it but are these are these open to the public it's a great question i'm gonna i'm gonna task you with finding that out yeah and if not i think you got to be outside the courthouse yeah you should try to get clayman on the trap draw yeah if he's in town didn't clayman loses his his like law license in dc and i think a couple other places i think that's that sounds right but I, i would have to look that up i don't i don't know were you disappointed not to be named I don't think disappointed, <laughs> maybe, maybe surprised, but also I'm really, really good at saying allegedly. That's true. And Very this is all, alleged. this is all alleged. This is yeah. all, all of this is alleged. So, you know, I've, I have a good, good understanding of, of, you know, libel and slander and think, all of things of that things. nature. You know, you don't, you don't make it as long as you made it in my <laughs> shoes doing, doing the kind of dirty work that I do without knowing your P's and Q's, you know? 
That's right. And I have to check the record, but I, I assume that we've always been very pro Patrick Reed. So unlike, unlike, you know, a, a total mudslinger, like Damon hack, uh, yeah, total, who, total malcontent <laughs> total who's out there just talking shit about everybody finally finally getting his come up it's <laughs> that's a joke but let's let's get into your uh quote random nonsense category here this is uh why don't, why don't you kick us off actually yeah so you you had texted me some bryson long drive stuff i guess he competed this week he did. He did. He uh, lost to Martin Borgmeyer, uh, who had a winning drive of 426 yards. Bryson uh, had a drive of 406 yards. I believe he finished second. And kind of just on the docket here, I'm not going to try to draw too many broad sweeping conclusions here, but do you remember like what an absolutely inescapable deal this was last year? Yep. of just people firing up content and oh my god did you watch fire up the live stream this is going to be crazy bryson's doing this i literally didn't hear about this until it was over uh and granted i'm not a subscriber to to bryson's youtube channel i'm sure there was there was much content about it but uh you know just uh, all of this is to say like the novelty wears off very quick and i i think some of that is kind of how i feel about about live as well is once you get out of the like, oh my god, that's crazy phase. There's there's just not a lot of there there, and uh, it's 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 pretty tough to get me to to tune into the long drive. Uh, that statement had whiffs of like the the Tim Tebow like nobody's gonna work as hard as me ever. Yeah, then Bryson Bryson put out like I I hesitate to use the word statement. <laughs> I, I, because uh, it's like what like what was it addressing? It wasn't addressing anything other than just like essentially people you know a lot of you've been pretty acting pretty messed up towards me uh but fuck the haters i'm gonna keep doing long drive which i think was very like oh like that's cool man like whatever yeah whatever that's sounds good uh so I, I would encourage people to to read the the statement on their own time the co-crack tweet i think i threw that in our slack this was a was while bizarre. ago it was bizarre yeah I, again i know i'm i'm catching up on stuff here we, we got buried during the president's cup stuff but just an unbelievably weird tweet. I got it pulled up. Do you want me to read it? Please do. This this was from noted live player Jason Kokrak's Twitter account. Apropos of nothing, just totally out of left field. It was a, a very nice headshot of him, probably a PJ Tour headshot, ironically, I would I would guess. And it just says, grateful to play the game I love professionally. Winner of 11 worldwide events, 40 top 10 finishes, top 20 golfer in the world, hashtag thankful. I don't know what tour... And like, it seems like all of those stats are based on a tour he doesn't play on anymore. I just really was trying to wrap my head around, uh, you know, I think we've, we've had a lot of fun with Kokrak maybe playing 3d chess on the social media world. And I just, this is kind of another banger from, from him and his camp. Yeah. I, uh, I'm just scrolling through his Twitter right now. I didn't realize he follows me at Jay Kokrak. Oh, not good. Which yeah, he's, maybe he's, you can reach in- out. He said uh, he he tweeted one golf as you've never seen it hashtag live golf and then he said fans are my number one priority with the 100 emoji. Uh, thank you to all of the fans and everyone that supports both myself and the sport of golf hashtag grateful. That was also on September 19th. And that's great. You know that's that's you don't need you know you don't need a reason to thank the fans. I think you do need a reason to just list your credentials. Like I don't yeah. just tweet out randomly like you know where I went to college what my like GPA was. That would be very fucking weird. He's just trying to prove that he, you know, he met the criteria. 
right? <laughs> I guess. So, uh, so I just wanted to enter that into the record. I don't think we addressed it, and and it was it was very weird. TC Ludwig, your boy, uh, the pride of Sweden, has has you know reached a milestone this week. Yes, uh, I appreciate you 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 know allowing me to include this. I was going to put it as the number one item <laughs> on the agenda. Ludwig has uh, he is up to number one in the world amateur golf ranking. Replacing course, like uh, I, who? Kaden Nakajima? Is that right? I think Nakajima. Yes. And then the other that Puig guy, what well, he's going to, you know, live, and he's he's not going to be a, a amateur anymore. So, uh, but yeah, I I can I still contend that like Ludwig should be on the he should be on the Ryder Cup team next year. And and this is you know of course circling back to some of our our takes from the RV uh, at Whistling Straits last year. We just we we vowed to monitor the Ludwig situation, and and here we are, here we are doing it. A couple tournament announcements on the on the Corn Ferry Tour. I know this is your this is your block. You love you love keeping this keeping this on the back burner. Yeah, they so they they have not announced their schedule for next year, but they've announced a bunch of the tournaments. They announced one in Central Jersey at Matetaconk or Matetaconk, uh, the Magnet Championship. Looks like a good court, good brawny course, which I believe is the house Big Play Ray built. That's that's oh yeah yeah just for kind of for members only, but I, big big news there. And then there's a new event in Chile, the Astara Chile Classic. I don't know if that's a national open or not. I'm just mm. trying to kind of discern that. But uh, going back going back to South America, uh, down to Chile for the first time in <laughs> five or six years. We might need the Ascendant to start getting, getting involved <laughs> out in South America where some of those currencies are going buck wild. There might be a... <laughs> You know, <laughs> disruption might be might be prime down there in yeah. in, uh, in the chaos. But uh, and then the LPGA announced uh, in uh, I believe an event at Neil's home course, Liberty National. <laughs> uh, Michelle Wee is hosting it. It's the Mizuho America's Open. We'll Michelle Wee West, dollar. I believe. Yeah. I've been Michelle watching West. a lot of winning time right now, and that always uh, makes me laugh. Two million dollar plus purse, uh, which I guess is the minimum now. Like if you want to be a new tournament on the LPGA tour, you have to meet that threshold and uh there's gonna be 24 junior girls competing alongside 120 pros so cool. that's sweet yeah good stuff I like there yeah. yeah dj i had one for you here yeah please so maya stark one of my one of my swedes out on the lpga uh she got dq'd this week on the lpga tour uh and i was i said why you you, you, know, you, you can't, <laughs> sure, can't sure. you're one of my one of my swedes and uh i'm told that uh, she was playing the new ping driver that's coming out that has not been uh, certified by USGA. Con- I guess that's coming this week. It's like it's not it's not conforming club yet. And she played and she it just, anyway. Whoa! Yeah. yeah. It's like what? What are you gonna do? Shoot me? <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that, what are you gonna do? Stab me? That's tough. That's tough. Yeah. That's uh. You never you know you never like the equipment companies becoming becoming part of the story. Yeah. Um. Neil wanted to just give a shout out to the Columbia player uh the columbia lion who shot a 60 this week does he or she have a name yes he yes he does <laughs> i should i should have put it in there uh go lie neil said hashtag go lions uh tied the NCAA record minus 11 it was um nathan hahn i got i got it pulled up right here yeah up at uh, up in lake placid so i believe it was at their own tournament um you know also also kind of surprised uh, that Neil didn't get distracted by by Lake Placid. Start talking about that movie. That seems like it would be very much in his <laughs> wheelhouse. Golf and volleyball. Did you see this? Golf no. and volleyball, only two sports that uh, 
participation grew. Really? The youths, like youth, uh, basically high school participation. That's shocking. Yeah. Yeah. And golf was like the, golf was like the, the lone bright spot on there. Really? Grew by a lot. Yeah. Do you think that's because other sports just have like such ubiquity? Specialized. And they're, well, yeah, that's probably true too. I guess people are just playing one instead of four. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, I don't know. Yeah, cool. That's a whole, yeah, that's a whole like, other topic, but that, that's, that's, oh, I'm like, yeah, like instead of like, yeah, I'm not playing on my high school team, but I play on three AAU teams. Ugh, and, awful. You know, yeah. Awful. That sucks. What a great way to become just a very one dimensional person. We take that offline. A big, big week, uh, down here. I was watching a lot how of did, Jim, Jim Cantori. Yeah. How did you survive the hurricane? We survived. I mean, uh, first first and foremost, thoughts and T's and P's up for the yeah, people in Southwest no Florida. My my wife's got a bunch of friends that lost their houses, and I mean, like the house that she grew up in down there, like was a two story house, and the I think the the water was up like fourteen feet, like like above the second Ugh. window. Um, but yeah, it was kind of glancing blow here. Came across the state and you know, went back out to sea before it hit us. And then we, we were kind of spared the worst of it, but it was honestly, it was a lot like the, the weather that we had at the NIT last year. Um, God, that was the worst. That's the worst yeah. golf. That's the worst weather I've ever, ever played um, golf in. But yeah, Jim Cantori, you know, he had the goggles on at one point. Uh, well, your guy, Dr. Rick Nab. Yeah. Dr. Rick Nab. I, I, you know, I don't think you cannot convince me that him and Sean Martin are not related. <laughs> Uh, and then my guy, Lou Turner, they had him down here in St. Augustine, uh, Big spot. Week. you know, yeah. St. Augustine kind of took, took the brunt of it. Uh, St. Augustine floods when there's like a full moon. Even. Yeah. So, but Tim Deegan, the chief meteorologist at first coast news, uh, which is Lou's station. Uh, he, I think he, need, he might need to get it together. So Why he, do you say that? They cut in last night to the Clemson game. People were up in arms last night. He, they, they cut in like the, the storm's already made landfall up in South Carolina again. Like we don't need an update on it in the middle of the Clemson game. People were fired up. That's so. no good. That's no good. Uh, big runner. I always see him running, running in front really? of the house on First Street. Yeah, He's got great, great lettuce. Great hair. Great hair. You should see him when he's running with the headband on. It's it's a great look. Uh, uh, and then there were a lot of chainsaws around the neighborhood this week too, which made me think of just apropos of nothing when Third Leg Greg almost chopped his arm off with a chainsaw. <laughs> you remember that i do i do truly truly almost a career ender for <laughs> for greg that was wild remember gosh that was so uncomfortable when when instagram kind of like first became like pretty pretty prevalent he was he was really pushing the envelope there for a while as far Didn't as he like the mess up his knee goes. or like break his foot on like with bill clinton I don't know. That sounds right. He's. I think he's kind of done it all, man. He's. He's. He's basically just. He's running like that Richard Branson playbook. Oh, uh, you know. All right. Clinton had a a late night like right knee injury on Norman's yacht or at his home. Or huh. Like so yeah, I don't know. Who knows? I feel like there might be more to the story on exactly on that, but we'll we'll Who dig in. We let's make uh, you, you know you you were gonna look at the courthouse stuff. I'll I'll make that an action item for okay. me. I'll look into that. People were commenting on the size of Charlie Wood's hands. TC, I can't I can't abide this. I can't go. I cannot go down this road. I I I won't comment on his golf. I I surely won't comment on the size of his hands. Uh, yeah, people need to get it together. Have some 
have some self-respect and some standards. <laughs> Truly, adult adult people are out there commenting on this stuff, and it's yeah, well, it's, you know, saying, "Hey, good. do you believe how big his hands are? Do you believe how big he's gotten?" It's like, yeah, that's what happens. Like kids fucking grow up. <laughs> They're big hands. Uh, <laughs> They're big hands. They're big hands. But the interview never should have existed in the first place. It's it's very unsettling stuff. All right, TC. I think that that kind of it kind of brings us brings us about to the end. You got anything else in the chamber? No, we got Shriners Week this week. We got Furick and Friends here in Jack's. I think oh. Solly's going out to that. Out of Timaquana. Recently designed Timaquana. Redesigned yeah. Timaquana. Deej, are the Badgers going to fire their head coach up there? You know what? You got to tell me, man. I'm a, I'm a, I have no idea. They lost to the Illini, I believe. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Not good. That's not good. You know, that hasn't been a, I, I haven't watched co- like a college football game in probably 12 years, but certainly 12 years ago, losing the Illini was not a good thing. So I assume it's still not good. Yeah, it's uh, you're you're doing it right by not watching college football. It's I, uh, I think I'm it's good. Tough. It's it's a honestly, it's it's a well, we don't have, we don't have to go there, but it's it's a close cousin to the Charlie Woods videos at some point. Honestly, the the seriousness with with which uh, some people take these games, watching yeah. these 18 year old kids, is it just kind of weirds me out. I, I think I'm good. The last thing I have, Dev, you tried the dangerous sandwich yet? The dangerous sandwich. Yeah, I saw your guy Russell Wilson do a weird monologue for Subway. Uh, I thought maybe that would get you rushing out. Mister Limited. Yeah, looking for 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 the dangerous sandwich. Did you not see this? No. Oh, dude, he's doing it. It's uh, this is all, you know, in internet time. This is seventy years ago. This was like five days ago. But he, uh, yeah, it's just a very weird monologue. He's talking to nobody, like talking directly to camera, and like so nobody's there, so they're not responding. But he's like talking as if they are responding. It's very Westworldy, uh, super unsettling. Uh, but but maybe like a little too self aware. Like I think he. It's kind of in on the joke. It's just, it's not good. It, it's, it, I, I might send it to you tomorrow. It's going to ruin your night if I send it to you tonight. No, I'm about to fire up, uh, you know. You've been, you've been waiting all day. Coach Dungey and, and, <laughs> and Jack with a K and Chris Sims and Florio and Rodney, Maria. Maria, all the, all the hitters on Sunday night football. It's amazing that they can put together such a, a cohesive broadcast with like, and then pick up like the worst people you know, the clappers on there now, uh, <laughs> for the for the uh, studio show. It's wild. Well, they're spending, I will, uh, they're spending so much goddamn money on that. Peep of Aqua and the Comcast folks. It's like, hey, like maybe if you didn't, maybe if you weren't paying Drew Brees like eight million dollars this year to like not work for you, maybe you'd have more left over for like Shot Tracer and more cameras. Oh, it's a bit like the wire. You know, just every everything affects everything, man. You know, this, the cuts at the police station are affecting the schools. It's it's all kinds of shit. Uh, all right, TC, this has been an absolute delight. Great to do a little a little a little two man weave. I called it a fast break. I think we ended up going pretty slow, but it's uh, it's, it's always a pleasure. We covered a lot of ground, though. We covered a lot of ground. Solly, Solly will be back next week. Uh, I'm sure he's got a great interview locked and loaded. For Tuesday, I actually have no idea what it even is. That's exciting. And I would, if you've made it this far, and for whatever reason you did not listen to this Tuesday's episode, I want to just give a shout out to that because it was fucking awesome. With uh, Pia and Lynn from Vision 54 and Neil laying his soul bare on all of his mental golf demons, uh, Solly weighing in with a ton of great questions. It it was one of my favorite episodes we've done in a really long time. I I really, It made me want to go play golf. Uh, It was really, really good ton of feedback from people like reaching out like like i didn't know what i was getting into with this and by like 
35 minutes in, I'm like, holy shit, that helped me out tremendously. And I went out and played immediately and played well. It was fascinating so, stuff. So I'm sure yeah. it'll be another great one this week. And uh, TC, we'll probably talk to you. I don't know when I'm on the podcast next, but we'll, we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you soon. Be strong up there in, in uh, Badger Nation, DJ. Thanks, man. Yeah, and also with you down in uh, with Larry Clayman trying to rip that town apart down there. Godspeed. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect